Hey, y'all, and welcome back to episode eight of the All Caught Up podcast. On today's episode, I am chatting with my guest, Kate Volman, all about how to escape the happiness trap and what that means to her. We are talking all about bringing joy to our lives and how bringing joy to your life doesn't look like adding one more thing to your to-do list. It looks like making time for what matters most to you. So check this episode out and don't forget to let me know what you think. Hey y'all and welcome to the All Caught Up podcast. I'm Kelly Hayes-Smith, productivity specialist and transformation coach. If you are a fempreneur who's ready to ditch the overwhelm, stop playing catch up, and create a game plan to rock your biggest goals, well, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll be chatting work-life balance, productivity tips and strategies, and how to keep all the balls in the air without feeling like the whole world's spinning. Are you ready to put your feet on the floor? Let's get started. Hey, Kate, how are you today? I am awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so glad you are here. So if people have not seen you out and about on the social medias, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and how you got to where you are today. So um, I'm Kate Volman. I am the CEO of Floyd Consulting. We are a coaching company and work with really amazing CEOs, executives, and leaders build a more dynamic culture and ultimately helping more people achieve their dreams. And so I get to coach with incredible people that want to do more with their lives and they have some blocks as far as just some of the mindset issues that they're dealing with. And so I get to work with them and figure out how they can work through those things to create a more fulfilling, impactful life. I, I love that because, um, one of the things and I told you this that I love to think about and talk about is how to do more of what matters most. And so in our first conversation, you and I were chatting and you brought up this escape the happiness trap, this, this thought process of, well, explain to that to me, like what happiness trap, what would you mean by that? So when I think about the happiness trap, it's really, we tend to overestimate how happy we will be if we achieve X, whatever that X is for you. And we underestimate how happy we actually can be if we just gave ourselves permission to appreciate where we are, what we have and where we're going. And so we get stuck in this trap of constantly wanting that next thing, that next, that next, whatever, that dream job or starting your own business or whatever that is for you, or even just like, you know, that bigger home or for the single people out there, like when I find that boyfriend or get into that relationship, we think that's going to fix all of our problems. And it, we become so disassociated from where we are and how, thankful and grateful we could be exactly where we are with exactly what we have in exactly the position that we're in. And so it's just kind of, and I think, you know, social media doesn't help when we're just seeing everyone's dream reels of their perfect lives. And so it's really easy for us to get into that happiness trap instead of just like flipping the switch, looking at your life and being happy today, right now, where you are. 
Yeah, I, I have talked a lot about like, so I lost 65 pounds after my third baby. And I had tried to lose weight before that, um, but I didn't. No matter how much I dieted or exercised, I burned out really quickly and I didn't lose anything. And I learned really quickly that it was because I hated my body that I was trying to change it instead of the fact that I mm. loved my body. So I wanted to take care of it. And I had to flip that mindset of, stop wanting a change because I don't like what I see and start loving me so that I want to take care of it. And I think it's the same way in everything. If you can't love and be happy in your before, no matter what comes in the after, there's, it's not going to bring in a lot of change because you have to be solely responsible for your happiness, not some like factor that comes in. Yes. Oh, Kelly, I love <laughs> that you said that. That is so beautiful and true. I don't know where I heard it, but somebody said, give more of what you want to receive. So if you want love in your life, give more love. If you mm -hmm. want more gratitude, give more gratitude. And I just loved, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay. I just loved that whole concept of that giving more of what you, what it is that you want, because then it's going to start coming back to you. It's, it's so true. Um, and you know, we manifest. And so like, if we're trying to change something because we're unhappy, we're not manifesting happiness. We're manifesting more, oh, I need to change this because I'm so miserable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Isn't it crazy how that's how it works? Yeah. Like we know that it's true, but it, it can be really tough. It can be, it can be tough to get yourself out of that mindset. But, and we were talking about this before we started recording. So you and I met on clubhouse. We did. Yeah. The yeah. fun new app. Right. And all, all the rage. what is so fascinating is that pe people are people are people right? Like at the end of the day, we all want to be seen and valued and heard. We want the same things. We're also going through the same challenges. I can't believe when we get into these rooms and we're talking to people who are hugely successful and they're talking about doubt, lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, all of these things that we all struggle with. And I think we should all give ourselves some grace and realizing that we're not perfect everything is a journey. Life is a process. Fall in love with the process of where you are and who you are and who you're becoming. And as long as we can focus on progress versus uh, perfection, right? Oh my gosh. How much better will we all feel? Yeah. And, and I was talking about this with a girlfriend the other day, and we were talking about the difference in being content, but also striving to grow or having goals. Like, I think we've gotten this all messed up. Like you can still be, you can still strive for something and work towards a goal without being discontent where you are right now. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, you know, like the, like you were talking about, like the bigger house will make me happy. The whatever will make me happy. That's not true because the thing is like when you have to be happy if everything's stripped away, but that doesn't mean you don't work towards something, right? So tell me when you're going through this, what would you say is the most important thing, the most important mindset hurdle 
to knock down if you were working towards being happy where you are today? The most important hurdle. So immediately I think process and I mean, really, I think mission, mission and process, we, so people are made for mission, right? We are made to, we are here to make an impact. We all have, we all have a dream. And for anyone listening, you have a dream, whether you're pursuing it or you're not, that dream is inside of you for Mm -hmm. a reason it's there. And if, if you're not going after it, it's not going away because it's inside of you for a reason. So we have this gift inside of us that is meant to be shared with the world. And if we know that when we know that, like, that's what we hold on to, right? Like when we can become really clear that this is our mission, this is what we we were meant to do. This dream is in my heart for a reason. I am meant to do this. It gives us the courage to take that next step to make progress to do that next thing. Even when we're scared, even when we don't know where it's going to end up, even when we don't know what's going to happen when we do take that step, it gives us that motivation to do it. And so I think changing our mindset and being so firm in our belief of our dream and of that impact that we know that we're meant to, to have in the world. I, a friend of mine, he, um, he said to me, Kate, I want to tell you something that I've never told anyone before. And I said, Oh my gosh, what? And he goes, I feel like I'm made for more. Like, I feel like I'm meant for more. And he doesn't do a ton of personal development work and all that. Like I'm a huge personal development junkie. You probably are as well um, with this type of, with the work that you do. And I said, I think we all feel that way. Mm -hmm. That is something we all feel. We all feel we're meant for more. And those that are actually making an impact and doing what they they are meant to do in the world, it's not as strong because we know we're going after it. And we also trust the process. So I say, you know, focus on impact, focus on your mission and trusting the process and going just every day, just knowing that you're putting in the reps, you're doing the work. And as long as you show up, that's all you have to do. If we can just think our job is simply to show up and do the work we know we're meant to do. That's it. So I think that what you're talking about, what's key is that you're living your purpose. You're living your mission. You're doing what you're meant to do. And, you know, do like, do I have a purpose that's tied to a business? Yes, because I am working and doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. But at the same time, it's not, I'm okay. I'm content, even though I'm working towards growing because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm living my purpose. Yes. And I love that. And you have a mission that is attached to your business and not everyone does. And that's okay. That, so one of, so my, so I have a podcast called create for no reason. And I love doing that work so much because it's all about doing things that bring you joy just for the fun of it, 
just for the fun of it, because I think in today's world of social media and monetizing your passion and people, a lot of people feel pressured that they have to monetize everything that they do, right? right? Like I'm going to start a blog. How am I going to monetize that? Or I want to start a podcast. What is that going to look like financially when, and that's a beautiful thing and wonderful. And, and I have plenty of friends that do very well with those types of businesses, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do the things that you joy just for the fun of it. So if you want to cook more, if you want to write a book, if you want to, um, if you do want to start a blog, if you want to do martial arts, if you want to start taking dance lessons, we put those things off because we don't think there's a lot of meaning behind them. We don't think it's important because we are going through our day to day. But when we realize, wow, those things really bring me joy. When you do those things, they enhance your whole life and world, and you will show up in life differently. You'll show up at your business differently. And so I think it's really important to focus on not only obviously growing a build business, building a business and being successful that way, but being successful in life by really nurturing and feeding those other dreams in your heart that you love, that you want to pursue just for fun. Let me ask simply you, for fun. Let me ask you a question. Those things, like you're talking about creating for no reason, would you consider those forms of self-care? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think if you love it, whatever brings you the most joy, that that those things that put you in that state of flow where you just get so excited to do it, you don't even realize that three hours has gone by. Absolutely. That brings so much joy to your heart and your soul. That is the best form of self-care really. And see that I actually was on a podcast earlier today. I was recording it with someone and we were talking about how we have to stop defining self-care because self-care looks so different for every human and mm, that it's yeah. so important to find what fills your own cup rather than being like, well, self-care looks like mud masks and mani-pedis. That's not for everybody. And that is okay. So we've got to quit defining it that way. And that's why I wanted to ask you about um, whether or not you would consider that self-care. Because I think things like that, like cooking, to me, it's a chore. I don't mind to cook, but because I have to cook, it's not a form of self-care. But for someone who loves to cook and that makes their heart sing, that is a hundred percent self-care. It's the same thing with like any type of creating writing or, you know, I write for a living. It's not what I would consider my self-care, but it can be for someone. Yes. Yes. It's so funny. I heard somebody talk about that, uh, that same thing. And it made me laugh because getting a massage or like getting a massage to me is stressful. I'm like, I don't want, I don't like the, I don't like, I, I like the idea of a massage, but I don't want to, I don't like people touching me like that. So I'm just like, to me, like, that is not what I want to do. And even when I go get a facial, like when my girlfriends say, let's spend the day at the spa, I love getting a facial, but I want the facial because I know what it does for my skin and my, and, and it helps and it helps my pores and all that. I don't go to relax. For me, that is not self-care. That is maintenance. That's kind of like maintenance for your body, like getting your nails done. Right. So, um, so yeah, 
I love I love that you made the distinction and everyone has to do that self-care routine that works for them. Right. And see, I think like people you were talking about creating, like people may not think about, you know, drawing as a form of self-care. It's like that's a hobby that's I enjoy doing it, but it's not I'm not being productive that to use my word while I'm drawing. But if we turn that to you love that use that to nurture your soul rather than it's a hobby, do it when you have time, then it becomes weighted in your life and something that's important to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, every, we make time for what's important. And I think for a lot of type A driven people like yourself, we want there to be an outcome associated to every one of our actions. If you're going to sit down and do whatever it is, you want there to be a reason behind it. And sometimes there just doesn't have to be. You can sit down and draw for 30 minutes. I am not good at drawing, but sometimes I will, but my podcast host is he, he draws and he's, he's very artistic and creative. So sometimes he'll give me a challenge to draw something and I'll just draw it. And it's never good, but it is really (laughs) fun to do. Right. I do enjoy it. And, and yes. And see, when it comes to, see, that's, that's my thing about being productive and being busy. When you're busy, you don't have time to do anything because there's just too much on your plate. When you're productive, you have time for the things that don't have, like you said, an outcome or a result. You have time to just be. And I think that we have culture, social media, um, kids, it's become such a culture of do, 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 instead of slow down and enjoy where we're at today. Yeah. Especially with just all the electronics and everything we we've lost the art of being bored. You know, we've, we've lost the art of just sitting still and being, and just thinking our thoughts and, even, I mean, even meditation, you know, how stressful is meditation for some people because they think they have to do it perfect or for three hours, or, I mean, it's, we are so hard on ourselves. It's goodness. It's like, so yeah, I'm, I, that is always a piece of advice. I give many of my clients is to find some grace or give yourself Mm -hmm. some grace and just chill just soak in every piece of goodness that you have in your life, the people that you love, the things that you do and start doing more of the things that you love simply because they bring you joy. Right. So how do you find the time to do? Well, first off, what is it that you love to do? What is it that brings you joy? So some of the things that bring me joy today, first of all, spending time with my nephews and niece are the most amazing thing. I love those kids. They are hilarious and funny. And when I'm with them, nothing else matters. And I am just so full of joy and I love playing games with them and Barbies. And I just feel like they transform, like it just, it's a magical experience being with children. So, um, especially I don't have my own kids. And so for me, it's just a magical time. And so I love doing that. And honestly, uh, this podcast has brought me so much joy. I have been able to spend a lot of time with my, one of my favorite people, my co-host, Sean Funder, 
And that has just been such a fun experience. And I also love writing. I love the process of writing. I've been writing more. I, I've, I've written a lot of business copy in my, during my career and, and over the past year or so I've been writing poetry and exploring creative writing. And it brings me so much joy to sit down and try to like come up with the right words and stories and just do things in a more unique way than ever, than I ever have before. So those are some things that just bring me joy that I love doing simply just for the fun of it. And if you were going to tell someone how to go from that overdone, my to-do list is too long. I don't have time to get that stuff done to finding the time. Cause I don't like the word making time because you can't make it. So it has to be intentionally chosen out of the day. So to finding that time in your day to do these things that bring you joy, what would you tell someone? I would probably ask them. <laughs> do you believe that you are using your time effectively every day? Yep. And I wouldn't even have them answer me. I would just tell them to sit with it and answer for themselves because I would bet that nine out of 10 people would say no because we pop on social media and we do, I mean, all of us, right? We get, we check our emails, we pop on social media, we make a phone call, we don't need, we are procrastinators because we mm -hmm. love it. Procrastinating is just our, it's our go-to thing. And um, I don't think, I, I think it's a very rare few people that have really mastered their calendar in a way that really serves them to be their most productive high, higher self. And if you ask that question, I think people would laugh and find, well, you say you don't like saying fine, but they would find the They would find the 10 minutes a day. No, you can find the time, but you can't make the time because the right. time, you can't so, make the time. Yeah. You can find the time because you have to use it intentionally. Just like you're talking about, like, where are you wasting that time? What are you doing? Are you caught in a scroll hole? Just like you were talking about. So what is it? You can find it. You can't make it. So the, the reason I say that is because something has to give when you add something to yeah. your day to do something else has to come off because you don't make you can't make more than 24 hours there's 24 hours a day some of that needs to be for sleep so you have to find the time you have to use it intentionally and I I love that you said that because that is a hundred percent what I feel like are you using it intentionally and you know I also am a firm believer in you can't focus on too many things at one time. And I think the things that you're talking about, the things that bring you joy are one of the things that you need to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in our lives that we do that is unnecessary. And, and look, like I said, I'm not a mom, so I, I get it. Some of the, you moms out there. I, I, I get it. I'm on the phone with my sister and I'm like, Oh my, I have to get off the phone. I can't even deal with the noise that is happening in your house. <laughs> so I totally appreciate, I can totally appreciate the, the working mom that has gazillions of things to do. And, um, and you know, some of us just obviously have very different schedules and responsibilities. And so I think 
again, going back to, I'm assuming your audience is similar to, to yourself right. and type A, probably very driven people who are very hard on themselves. And so I think that's another thing is like, we feel like, all right, now I'm going to put this joy thing on my calendar. What am I going to do? And, right. and we, we get stressed about it when really, or we think, oh, okay, so I have to, it's got to be a half an hour or it has to be an hour. No, it can be five minutes. I mean, how much joy do, do so many people get from sitting on the couch and drinking a cup of coffee or whatever those things look like to you going outside, taking a walk, going outside. I mean, I, I love the sun, the sunshine and I fortunately live in Florida. So sometimes I will just step outside of my office and just like, look like, just like put my face up by the sun and just like let the sun shine on my face. And like, for like a couple minutes, that brings me so much joy. So I think again, we kind of, we, we don't, we forget those small little things that bring us joy, like sending a text message to a friend that you haven't seen in like five years, but that you think about and you haven't spoken to. I mean, how much joy does that bring your friend? And how much joy does that bring you to know that you're now connecting with someone? So I think that I'm a big journaler. I journal often. Um, I love sharing journaling prompts and, um, I think journaling is such a great way to really uncover some of those things that we're really grateful for. I know some people have a gratitude journal. I don't, I don't have a gratitude journal, but I do journal often. And when I journal, one of the things that comes up so much is how overcomplicated we norm, we typically make things and how much simpler our lives could be. And I'll share a couple of books that are very helpful regarding this. The first one is, and I probably read this once a year and I have my team read it because we are all full of great ideas. We all want to do so many things, but like you said, you can't do everything. And so essentialism is such a phenomenal book and it really helps you focus on the right things, not everything. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that's Greg McGowan is the author and then The One Thing by Gary Keller is another book, especially for you business owners out there. So important to focus on one thing instead of trying to do everything. Because when we try to do everything, that's when that sense of overwhelm and stress and anxiety comes into play. If we can, when we say no to all of those other things and say yes to that one thing, it's so much easier to make strategic decisions. And we find that we have more time, but we have to be really clear and focused. And that kind of goes back to our conversation about mission and vision and impact the people that, that see that vision and see that mission and what they're going towards, man, it's easier to say no to all the stuff that doesn't right. matter. Yes. And to me, that is, that is so impactful. One thing, um, and focus, I teach core four where we set down and we do a, a priority system of four areas of your life that you focus on and everything else falls behind that. Because when you start taking on too much, when you have too much on your plate or clouding your head, you can't focus. And I think that's so important. And I love what you're talking about also with, um, the idea that it doesn't have to be 30 minutes or some like something that I'm going to schedule. Well, now I've got to find something to bring me joy and then put it on my schedule. You're right. <laughs> and like when you said that and you're like sitting on the, on the couch and drinking a cup of coffee, I get up early, early every weekday morning so that I can enjoy hot coffee, the entire cup hot and sit down in quiet. 
And that does bring me joy and it grounds me. And I think that what you're saying is so important for women, especially moms to hear, to know what it is that brings you joy. Because I think we also, and I'm going to speak for moms for a second, but we get so caught up and it's supposed to be our kids that bring us joy. And they do, but they also bring us crazy. I'm going to pull my hair out. Stuff. <laughs> and so it's so important for for women to sit down and think, this is what brings me joy. What is it that brings me joy? And how can I do more of that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's usually the little things. And I always, another exercise that I like, that I love to do with my team every year is we do the start, stop, keep. What do we need to start? What do we need to keep doing? What do we need to start doing? And what do we need to stop doing? And oftentimes it's those that stop doing list that I get the most excited about because by stopping doing all of those things, we can really get super laser focused. That's, I, I mean, I'm just over here nodding my head because it's so true. And I do the same thing. I call them audits, but what's working? What isn't working? What do I need to do more of? And what do I need to replace this with? And that is so true. But I, I really think you've given me a new perspective today on doing more of what brings me joy. Because here's the other thing. We have this guilt associated with stopping to do those small things. Well, I could go outside and let the sun hit my face for five minutes. But that's going to be five minutes I don't do X, Y, Z. And giving yourself, like you said, grace and giving yourself permission to take these little pieces of time for what makes your heart smile is such a big deal. Yeah. And I think reframing, because it's so easy to look at it like that, right? It's like, oh, I could, that's five or 10 minutes that I could be writing that email or making that phone call or doing whatever it is that being productive right? Being busy. But that five minutes, think about the, the five minutes that you take for yourself in the middle of the day to breathe, to meditate, to take a walk, to do whatever. How much energy do you get in that five minutes? You get more energy to go back and do the thing that you were going to do before. And now you're more jazzed. You're probably going to be, you're going to write a better email. You're going to have a better sales conversation. You're going to have better ideas. And so we have to remember that these things are not just throwaway things in our life that we shouldn't, that, that don't deserve our time and attention. They probably deserve more of our time and attention. And we know that it's true, right? Like, wasn't it, um, it, I don't know if they still do this, but at Google where they gave people a certain percentage of their day to be creative and work on creative projects that had nothing to do with their job at Google. It's And by doing that, they came up with some incredible ideas for Google. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like a lot of places, um, I think it, mm-hmm, I don't remember who it was, maybe Amazon or something where they don't, you don't have a set number of days off. You just take off what you think that you need, um, to get, take time for yourself. And a lot of people like, were like, well, everybody's going to take like six months off and nobody did that. They took off the time and they were better, happier employees because of it. And it's so true. And I, when you started, when you said how much better will you be? 
that's ex- I'm like over here like beaming because that's exactly how I feel like as a mom you start feeling guilty if you go do x y and z for yourself because well I could be spending this time with my kids but I could be spending the time with my kids but what kind of time am I spending with them if I am completely burned out if I've done nothing for myself if I have not had anything with me that brings me joy what I end up being is impatient and grouchy. But if I had spent 15 or 20 minutes doing something to fill my own cup, I have more to give. That's a much better version of me. And that's so important. Oh, Kate, this was amazing. This was amazing. And you really gave me perspective today on what brings me joy. And am I making the time for that? Because like you said, it doesn't have to be three hours of this. It needs to be throughout my day sprinkled in. Am I filling that up? That that's going to make a big difference on what I do when I set up my week. So tell everyone where the heck they can find you. (laughs) Um, well, you can find me on all the socials, as you say, no, um, you could go to katevolman.com. That's the easiest way to find all of my different platforms. And I am probably easiest to reach on Instagram. And I do videos on YouTube. So my YouTube channel is katevolman.video. And I do a lot of book recommendations. I, I'm a voracious reader. So I read tons of book, books, book recommendations, as well as a lot of mindset and inspiration and personal development. So would love to, to connect with any of you out there. And um, thank you so much for having me on your show, Kelly. This, this has been was- fun amazing. Thank you so, so much. That's it, y'all. You're all caught up for the week. Make sure to subscribe so you can stay the same for next week. I'll talk to you soon.